you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. again nada for that episode it was awesome wasn't it super informative yeah yeah i really got a lot out of it and i think we're gonna get a lot out of this one because i'm really excited to talk about it so many things to talk about he referenced so many things i mean um being vulnerable about a drug addiction being an alcoholic not not taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. plant medicine a kundalini awakening which is one of my favorite things to still research to this day. Mm-hmm. His journey from human to superhuman yeah. and becoming a healer and or being someone who holds space to allow people to heal. Um, just a really great journey. And I'm excited to start talking a little bit. I think um, what we wanted to pull out of that episode, I guess, um, and what it seems like we're going to be doing in season two is talking about all kinds of ways to heal ourselves, whether it's um, you know, energetically, psychically, spiritually, plant medicine, plant medicine. Um, I think what we wanted to really pull out is talk a little bit more about the plant medicine side, but more, uh, less about like taking herbal medication and more about the psychedelic side of the plants. Very true. And not being scared of them. I think the information that you bring to the table or what we both bring to the table is very informative. Right. But I like the split in it where it's not like, hey, man, go to a festival, buy it under table from somebody and have like a trippy experience and like let yourself go. Like we're talking about the medical industries really getting on board and pharmaceutical investors pushing Mm -hmm. this research to human trials and Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really putting the power back in the patient's hand, which is what you don't see a lot. You usually yeah. go into the doctor and say, you know, these are my symptoms. And they're like, these are your options. And if right. this doesn't work, come back in a couple of weeks. We'll up the dose. We'll do this. Right. Try this. Try this. Try, th- try, this. try this. Try this. Try this. Yeah. Um, and with these, I mean, especially when you're, we're going to dive into um, DMT being used in therapeutic settings. Mm-hmm. Right. Where's that doctor? <laughs> right. Because DMT, DMT isn't like my, it's not like a party drug that I've ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I have, I saw an episode about like a DMT den one time. Um, again, super underground. So don't know how safe it would have been. Right. Um, but therapeutically, I've, I've always wanted to figure out a way to be in the correct safe space yeah. to utilize that properly with the correct educated facilitator. Yeah. And again, we're going to get into that. Yeah. And my my interest in um, illegal drugs has always been one of um, not necessarily recreation, but always in medical use and proper dosing, microdosing for what purpose it can serve us as humankind to um, heal ourselves and elevate us and get us to a better place not so much in the recreation side. Um, And I know that's not true for everybody that is interested in in recreational drugs, and that's fine, like to each their own. But um, I definitely think there's a a use for um, some of the psychedelics. Um, I think that you cannot stop by McDonald's 
and eat their food and then still think of psychedelics or anything like that as being bad. There are so many people <laughs> I know that we drug use, ourselves every day. Yeah, right? <laughs> that use the law and this weird mm-hmm. propaganda against plant medicine to be like, oh, well, it's bad because the government said it's bad and it does this and it does this and it does this. And I'm like, dude, you smoke cigarettes, drink beer, and eat McDonald's. Right. All three things that are legal. So you're like, oh, well, it's fine because it's legal. Yeah. It's awful for you. Right. It's It doesn't serve your highest good. Right. So, again, I picture the agenda against plant medicine. <laughs> right. You know, that, like, conspiracy side of yeah. me. And I'm just like, if I needed to make sure that people didn't elevate properly, you know, what would I take away? What would I mm-hmm. put a negative propaganda campaign against? And it would be anything that could help you Mm -hmm. but you have all of these all of this ancient knowledge that thank god we still have access to and you're like why why are why are people trying to go to costa rica so bad and be with shamans where Mm -hmm. their families have worked with this medicine for generations and generations Mm -hmm. and generations like well and then you have the people that do use it in um recreational ways and die from it or and that's just great propaganda for people to be like, look, exactly. this is why you don't do this. This right. is why you don't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't drink and drive. We all know that. Right. But, <laughs> you know, if yeah. I want to, if I have severe depression and the medication that you've had me on for however many years is and there's really working, it's enslaving me to myself. Right. That's all that I thought when I was on antidepressants is I am a slave to this medicine. Mm-hmm. It's literally building pathways in my mind for me and blocking natural feelings, whether they're good feelings or bad feelings. Mm-hmm. And then when I had a friend give me an eighth of shrooms and say, you don't need this medication. This is what you actually need. You need to reconnect to yourself. I took the whole eighth. Because I was in my early 20s and that's what you do. You're (laughs) invincible. You can't die. Mm -hmm. And I took it and I went and wandered out in the woods for like eight hours. And I talked to the trees. I talked to God. I talked to Jesus. I talked to myself. And I was like the feeling of being so connected. And it wasn't like some funny like story where you're like, I went and tripped and it was awesome. It was like, I want to feel this connection again. How do I get back here? Mm -hmm. With also like not using the mushrooms every time to get back there. They're right. This must be a natural connection because this feels natural. Mm-hmm. I already love trees, but now I really love trees. <laughs> no, I just want to <laughs> hug them. I just want to <laughs> hug them. You know, but the just the universal connection, the universal consciousness, um, two things that I've I've uh, been inspired to really, really dive deep in. Not my own journey, but just being gifted those thoughts from somebody else, mm-hmm. and. I mean, now I get to sit here today with you in our studio and not only do we get to educate people that there are a million different ways to help heal yourself, but we get to learn too. Right. And that's, this is exactly where I want to be. I want to consistently be learning and growing and finding new ways to bring that power back into myself Mm -hmm. and then go and help and inspire other people to do the same. Right. Absolutely. And then maybe, you know, maybe. Well, I'll meet in Costa Rica at the end of this episode. Sneak. Ooh. Teaser, teaser. <laughs> yes. Well, so let's get started then. 
Um, so I want to talk first about uh, the pineal gland, which um, there's a really good chance that you've heard of this. <laughs> pineal or pineal, if you watch Gaia, because I've watched so much Gaia now that I'm is it like, pineal? it doesn't. It's a potato potato. Okay. As far as I know, but in anybody that I Let's watch on Gaia, the potato they're gland. like the pineal gland i'm like okay science <laughs> okay now it's pineal okay. when i talk about it maybe we'll call it the pine cone gland <laughs> whatever the third eye gland the third eye gland <laughs> yes so there's this little this little peanut in your brain that uh yeah <laughs> it um it basically is responsible it's it's commonly associated with being responsible for producing the melatonin that helps you sleep at night um everyone uh, can agree necessarily anyway that that's what it does um there's also some mm, agreement or disagreement um that it is is your spirit connection so it helps you connect with spirit it helps you gain understanding um that one is is less um common i guess as a an agreement but the pineal gland um can get calcified over time with fluoride and of course as you know fluoride is in our water it's in our toothpaste it's in everything that they give us and so conspiracy theorists say that they want to keep us from making that spiritual connection by giving us this fluoride. Um, and so just starting here at the pineal gland, one thing that you can do to help uh, defluoride <laughs> your pineal gland is with iodine and iodine flush. Of course, you can't have too much iodine, so really do your research on that. Um, Consult a physician. We are not telling mm -hmm. you. Right. Don't we go are, drink iodine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then come back and yell at me that I told you to do it because right. I didn't. Right. But um, also fluoride um, uh, attributes to the accumulation of aluminum in your brain, which later on in life leads to Alzheimer's and dementia. So there's actually, you know, several things. If you just go look up like fluoride and what it does or the long-term effects of fluoride, um, you're going to find that it, it actually is not that amazing for you. And then you're also going to find a lot of articles that said you can't live without it. So um, I just encourage you to really do your own research and your own self-care advocate on that that's very true because I still get tripped up on it but I feel like um that is like the first beginner stage like when you start yeah. getting all of those um really nasty chemicals out of your house yeah anybody that I guess you could just say woke up yeah um they're like I have to get all the fluoride out I have to get all this out <laughs> start here what brand should I use now what brand do you use I'm like dude yeah. I make all my own stuff yeah. And if I don't make it, I have a small business that I go buy from now. Yeah. That's just where I'm at. Yeah. Because I, I I don't trust anybody no more. It's hard. That's what happens, I think, when you wake up. You don't trust nobody. <laughs> like, y'all don't know each other. You don't even know yourself. Right. I don't trust you. I know your family. I know your friends. But I just I just found out I didn't know myself for 20-some years. Yeah. So. You're right. And then now you're like, I don't trust you, corporation. I don't trust you, Walmart. <laughs> Just funny stuff like that. Yeah. So the pineal gland is what is associated with um, the parts of the brain that gets activated when you use um, the, I guess, the main psychotropic 
drug that we're going to talk about today, which is the DMT molecule. Mm. And I am going to mess up saying this if I try to use the scientific name. Dimethyltryptamine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that one. I'm in love with the word. I DMT. Didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't practice it enough, but I remember yeah. it from the documentary and I was like, that's yeah. such a pretty word. Yeah. Speaking of the documentary, I want to plug that real quick. It's it's the spirit molecule. Is that the documentary? You're so it was about? a book that was written. Yes, you're correct. It was a book that was written that was turned into a documentary and it's called DMT, the spirit molecule. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that I'll reference later because I have a couple quotes from him. He researched it for like 20 plus years. Like that was his thing Yeah, is to not only connect the science part of it, but how it naturally produces in nature and in our bodies as well. Right. It's life changing. It 100% Mm -hmm. is the perfect name. It's called the spirit molecule for a reason. Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, the thing is that the, um, the spirit molecule, the DMT, it is associated with, um, there are actually articles where studies are being done that it, can help cure um, almost instantly anxiety and depression. And it's um, it's 5-MeO-DMT. It's found in lots of different kinds of things. But even like the American Journal of Drug and Alcohol Abuse has done a study on it. Um, John Hopkins has put out information about it where they're studying it. And like in, in the article that I'm looking at right here that was um, John Hopkins, it's called Fast Acting Psychedelic associated with improvements in depression and anxiety. They studied 362 adults where 80% of them um, said that they found improvements in anxiety and depression. 80% say that with this particular drug, they can get improvements in anxiety and depression, and it is illegal. What? Yeah, and there's not like a bunch of weird side effects where you have to go get 15 other prescriptions to take care of the side effects from the one original drug. And it makes that you, you want to kill yourself for. anyway. And it doesn't make you want to kill yourself. Exactly. You actually feel better. Yeah. They say that they have love, kindness, and joy seems to be the most, the biggest reaction out of everybody that takes it. Right. And our government's like, no, you can't do that because if you take too much of it, you're going to have a really good day. Yeah. Oh, but you might accidentally overdose and die. Well, but I mean, that can happen. <laughs> I mean, that can happen. But it can happen with <laughs> but, everything you do. But you it happens can when eat you too don't much use it bad, properly. Well, you can eat too much McDonald's and get heart disease. I mean, that's true. You can eat too much McDonald's and get yeah. cancer. Yeah. You can yeah. you can use Teflon and get cancer. Like there's so many things yeah. that we legally have a choice to use every day that could kill us or go against our highest good. And they're like, dude, it's fine. <laughs> but like right. this this revolution that's happening yeah. right now with oh no it's actually helping them and yeah. they're going to be able to take care of themselves right where if you put it in even if you legalize it to the extent of making it where a pharmaceutical company can say here's your microdose amount that we can observe and you can use it in this setting and we can help you cure not treat we can help you cure your anxiety and depression Um, Let's do that. Let's just at least do that, right? Because um, here's the thing. So I have another article here. 
Um, we'll get to you, Cheyenne. Just calm down. <laughs> I'm getting so excited to talk about DMT in a therapeutic setting. I know. Um, so, um, so I have an article that's written more like a parent's point of view, like a don't do that. It's bad kids, right? Um, which is fine. We need that perspective. Absolutely. Um, well, I 100% believe that DMT should not be used as a recreational drug the way that people are using it right like I'm all about recreational use Mm -hmm. but when it comes to DMT you you're messing with Mm -hmm. some high level stuff and I think you just like plant medicine just like if you if I went to a festival and somebody offered me ayahuasca no that's the that's the wrong the 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 wrong wrong place the wrong time so it's okay to have articles like this because I think that they can ground it too yes there should be a balance in the medicine right Right. So um, it, it basically talks about um, what the drug feels like, um, how it's consumed, how long it takes to work, all of that kind of thing. What I really want to touch on is um, some of the risks, some of the negative side effects, because um, as we go through here and we talk about it and we're like, hey, you can cure anxiety and depression, people might be listening and going, uh, where can I find some of that? Give me some of it and let me take it. And I don't want people running away going and, and then like, you know, calling an ambulance. <laughs> so let's Again, get real. anything that we recommend <laughs> on here, yeah. you know, we're not telling you to go do it. So no. you can't be like, oh, I was listening to Spiritual Smorgasbord and they told me to go ingest DMT and it would cure my whatever's going on with me. I did not say that, nor did Desiree. Right. And I do not have my last rule and testament in place. Yeah. This is our disclaimer. Please right. just take the info and do your own research. So, um, in addition to being able to cause states of euphoria, floating, vivid hallucinations, which sounds amazing, right? Sounds like the <laughs> proper the intention side, right? going into the trip, yes. <laughs> um, it can also cause rapid heart rate, increased blood pressure, visu- visual disturbances, dizziness, dilated pupils, agitation, paranorma, par- Noia, paranormal, which is not norma, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, rapid rhythm, rhythmic eye movements, chest pain, tightness, diarrhea. Mm, that sounds like fun. Nausea, vomiting, seizures, loss of muscle coordination, confusion, distortion, disorientation, irritability. So it it can have like some issues, and usually that is because you are mixing it with things like. Alcohol, antihistamines, muscle relaxants, opioids, benzoids, um, um, antiphetamines, um, other, really any other drugs at all, if you mix it with it, um, not a good thing. Also, like MAOI inhibitors, um, if you have any kind of heart conditions, that's why it's really important that it is used in a professional environment, whether that is a shaman in Costa Rica or a clinical environment where they are able to look at your history, look at the medications you're on, and get you properly set up to interact with this medication. And treat it as a medication, um, because without doing that, um, of course, it can be dangerous. But the the positive side effects of it are amazing, especially if you are someone who suffers from anxiety and depression. Very important. Yeah. Very, very important. I can't say enough to make sure that if this is a way that you want to go, especially in the medical community, and you find a place where you're able to do that, um, I mean, they have opened up human trials for DMT, for ayahuasca, for psilocybin mushrooms, and mescaline. <laughs> um, and I, 
I'm happy probably from, I think it's like the 19, 20 year old side in me that gets <laughs> super, super happy when I see this being taken seriously. Right. So in my short stint in college back in the day day, <laughs> um, I had to, I wrote two very controversial papers in the same class. And one was, um, you had to choose between pro-life and pro-choice, and then you had to, you know, explain why. Justify it. You had to justify it. Mm -hmm. um, and I had the best speech in the class. Nice. You know, my intro was like, you knock me up and you get to walk away and I look like the devil because I also don't want an unwanted pregnancy. Let's talk about this, boys. Mm -hmm. And I aimed the whole report at boys because mm. guys just get to walk away scot-free when, you know, we're in here like dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So mine was like... Yeah, lock it up or take care of it. That's kind of where I was at on it. <laughs> You're like, it's your job too. <laughs> yeah, it is your job too. But, yeah. you know, not to go too far off that. I'm a yeah. big to each their own on that. But at the time when like I had to prove one side or the other, I'm like, yeah. I have a choice. I get to walk away if you get to walk away too mm -hmm. is kind of where I was at. But my other paper that I wrote was about how marijuana will be legalized in the next 10 years. It will be medicinal. We won't be looking at everybody like they're freaking stoner just because they like to smoke pot. So not only here we are, that is an absolute reality, which was not a reality where I came from back in the day. Everybody right. was like, okay, go smoke your pot. Right. But I got an A on that paper and my teacher <laughs> is like, you're probably right, kid. <laughs> um, so if more of college would have been like that for me, I probably wouldn't have dropped out. But, <laughs> you know, they want you to do like math and stuff and I right. don't want to anymore. So <laughs> I was just talking to Ezra about that the other day. He was like... Mom, why do I have to take social studies? Do I have to do that in junior high too? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like the prereqs <laughs> I get. Like I still remember a lot of stuff from school, but I wanted I wanted to have a broadcasting degree. So I was really tired of falling asleep in classes that I felt like I didn't need anymore. And I went on tour with my boyfriend's band. That seems so much better than sitting in Hang some on, community I, college. I just heard something that I hadn't heard before. You wanted a broadcasting degree. Yeah, that's what I was originally going to go for. What are you doing right now? You're freaking broadcasting, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. I think about that all the time. <laughs> and when I worked at the radio station, I was like, I was going to have to go to a four-year university. And like 10 or 11 years later, I got the job that I already wanted. Right. And you know how you got it? You hired yourself. I you hired freaking myself. hired yourself. I did. That is what we are doing. That's what we are doing. Sorry, I'm I am tree branching. I am Cheyenneing right now. You are Cheyenneing right now. <laughs> That's what we are, so many of us are doing right now is we are quitting our jobs and we are hiring ourselves for the job we want and we are succeeding at that. And I think that's amazing. I have two big things that I say in my head when I get confused over you know, just all the emotions in any situation that you'll come up on. Yeah. And it's uh, follow the energy and follow the money. Oh. You know, if you get confused, like, oh, where'd the money go? Like, okay, <laughs> we'll follow it because right. there's a beginning and an end. And with energy, it's the same way. It's follow the energy. Yeah. Um, you know, where you focus, the energy goes. But yeah. sometimes you can follow that pathway. And um, not just music. I had like a garage band when I was younger. I always loved being in front of the microphone. Um, I'm 31 now yeah, and I have just found out the reasons why I, you know, I had stage fright. I quit singing. I quit singing with certain people. Like there are so many layers that I had to uncover that I had to go through an experience to then bring me back to my true self. Mm -hmm. And my true self is one talking to people about a ridiculous amount of energy that or energy and information that. They might be able to digest or they might be like, wow, she's a lot. 
Um, that is a whole Labrador over that there. That is a whole Labrador <laughs> over there. She literally, wow. You know, like there's a lot in there. But I, I just know that I'm just meant to help people be nice to them and give out information. Mm-hmm. And if that, if that crazy path that brought me here, well, then I'm glad that I uh, experienced it, healed it, and I'm strong enough to talk about it. Because a lot of the stuff that I experience, most people don't even know how to share with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I've healed it to the point where, you know, I can talk about it and I don't cry. Right. And then I want people to be like, how do you not cry? And I'm like, well, this is how. Blah. Yeah. And then I peek <laughs> on about it. But I'm, I'm glad you have too, because I enjoy hearing all of your stories and all of your like little branches that you share with us. It's been happening since I was a kid. <laughs> like I've just always been this way. But if, like, it feels good to, to like being this. Yeah, yeah, it feels good to like know that like <laughs> this is the way that I am. Like take it or leave it. Right. Um, I didn't realize how many places like relationships or even friendships where I was in where I left a percentage of myself like outside of the door. Right. I would be like, oh, I'm hanging out with this person today. I better. Yeah. I we better get, they be get a level 25%. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I had like a handful of people that could really take like the full 100% of me. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, like they're not all in my life today, but like well, I still exhausting. have, well, I still have memories where I'm like, oh, I just wish I could talk to them again because they just, they get it. Mm-hmm. They get me, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't, you don't get seen mm-hmm. is what I would say. Like everybody. So, um, you know, you hold those people close. Mm-hmm. You do shrooms with those type of people. <laughs> you know, if if your friends can take you 100% sober, like, go on a camping trip. <laughs> Anyways, back to um, what I was going to interject. So I know that you were talking about um, DMT and, you yeah. know, be safe, don't do it. Um, well, not don't do it. Just no, I'm trying to, like, put the sentence together. But yeah. like my mind's kind of awkwardly going slow today. Um so I came across, I know it was on Joe Rogan's podcast, but it was also on Mike Tyson's podcast. And mm-hmm. they both referenced their stories with um, psychedelic toad venom. Psychedelic toad venom. Psychedelic toad Why venom. Why does that sound terrifying to me? Well, from a dosing perspective. Maybe the venom part is what scares me. Well, yeah, but... I mean, it's classified scientifically as a venom based on yada, 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 yada. Right. Okay. The trippy part of you? it. No. Okay. So the trippy part about it is it's known as 5-MeO-DMT, right? The exact same thing. Except is- it's naturally produced on the top of this frog and it is four to six times more powerful powerful than its better known cousin dmt which is what we were talking about Mm. so we produce dmt like in our lungs to sleep if you have like an empty stomach you'll Mm. have like trippier dreams is what they'll say because your body produces more dmt the less food you have in your system i was not aware of yeah because if you eat before bed or like drink milk or have anything heavy Mm -hmm. your body actually isn't going to rest properly because it's so busy breaking down all that crap it's working yeah uh-huh. But it's not working on the right things. When you're right. sleeping, you're supposed to be, be healing, regenerating, restoring, and yeah. exactly healing. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me, you ask to go home every night to your origin for where your soul comes from mm. and get healed there. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, I, had, every, I haven't even thought about every doing night, that. I'm like, I'm like, hey, creator, can you just send my soul back home tonight? Like, obviously, my body doesn't really need me. But if you could send me back home to heal me faster, that'd be really great because Earth's getting kind of lonely. And uh, I, I can't heal by myself here anymore. I need your help. Do you remember 
like going there. Oh, I remember places that I go. Yeah, sometimes oh, it's like fun. super like trippy, trippy, and I know most people are like, "Those are just your dreams. Your it's your imagination." But I don't really think like that anymore. I can think we, that's like, pretty close minded. Can we like just like put a side note of like talking about that sometime? Like I want to hear well, like about astral, those places, astral travel and dimensional traveling in your dreams, because well, we're I mean, gonna hit on I those would, as soon as you said that. I'm like, hey, we have an episode coming up about that. <laughs> We do. Yeah, we do. We like do. this season. Yeah, we have a friend coming on. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that. In, yeah, we'll talk about awesome. it later. But again, um, it's Cherie Branch. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, back, back, back. So back to DMT. So when it first started, people were literally like going to this like desert in New Mexico, picking up this frog and licking its back. So not only are you like you doing it completely improperly because you're like... I, if I was a frog, I would. You need to ask permission if you would like some of my psychedelic poison. <laughs> and secondly, like you're licking me. I don't even know you. Right. You know, like speaking as a frog, as empathetic as that. Like, like we're be, raping like, frogs, right? Be, be the frog in the right. situation. Don't be the human who's like, I own everything because I'm nature. <laughs> yeah, like that's stupid. Yeah. So, anyways, these people were licking these frogs. These people were taking these frogs out of the desert, putting them in terrariums at their house, and trying to milk these frogs to then turn it into like some smokable dust. They're making them dairy frogs. Well, whatever they're doing, they were doing yeah. it wrong because the dog, the dogs, the frogs, <laughs> um, the only reason that they produced this was because they were a product of their environment. And it's only in this certain part of the desert that they're oh. able to live, eat this, live this way. The sun hits them this way. The ground, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. Isn't that interesting? Like it's this part of the desert and this kind of frog. It's all of makes, these ingredients that so make it, this cake. It's right. So it's like. It, you don't have to brew the DMT like in ayahuasca, mm -mm. but the desert brews it in this frog. It's natural. Oh, it's cool. there. It's supposed cool to be and there. And it's and supposed to be in that part right. of the world for a reason. Right. You know, ayahuasca isn't in America. Well, the root, the tree root isn't right. in America. It's no, not true. It, the origin isn't here. You right. have to ask yourself why Mother Earth put it there instead right. of here. Mm hmm. You gotta wonder. They gave you us frogs. Wonder. They gave them tree branches. Yeah. So either way, um, I mean, that was like when it first like super hit the scene. I know when again Joe Rogan and um, Mike Tyson came out about it. I'm sure we're a couple years behind that. I I think one of them like did it during an episode. I don't know, but it says the drugs hallucinogenic effects take hold in about five minutes after ingestion, causing a powerful religious like trip that lasts about an hour. Individuals that have taken the toad venom describe their trips as being one with the universe and feeling reborn. One user said they felt a total fusion with God while under the influence. Users experience bright colors, moving environments, or recursive patterns. According to researchers, the drug often leaves users immobile and unresponsive and can cause intense emotional reactions, euphoria, euphoria convulsions and vomiting so for all you people that do take dmt at festivals and you're like pussy you can take dmt at festivals this is why you don't do it and especially if you're a female psa of the day right it says it is such an intense experience that in most cases doing it at a party isn't safe it's not a recreational drug if people get dosed too high they can white out and disassociate from their mind and body um, being a woman, yeah. blacking out from alcohol to party is never fun or safe. Um, and experiencing a total 
overdose technically where you disassociate from your mind and body well it didn't say you're paralyzed or something like that i mean it could happen so in the so there's a vice documentary i'm pretty sure i saw it a couple years ago and these guys they had this underground dmt den and -hmm. it looks like a small basement with a bunch of beds awesome colors neons black light posters like you kind of want to trip in this room that's Mm -hmm. probably what i would say Mm -hmm. and obviously they're like Whoever they're interviewing has like the, the voice that you can't hear in the mask that right, you can't see. Right. And we have no idea in the world where they're at, which mm-hmm. is fine. Um, but they're interviewing this person on their intentions of hosting this den. Mm. Because you're not only are you bringing people in here, but you know that you're incapacitating them for 20 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. And if anything happens to them, like, are you either going to drop them off at an ER and hope nobody finds out that you did it? Or are you going to dispose of the body? So, you know what I'm saying? Like right. there is really no backup plan. And if can they you go to somebody wrong? Can happens. they go? There's right. so many things, but it's already underground. So you mm-hmm. already know what you're getting into. Right. All right. So follow with me. Mm-hmm. You go down in this old farmhouse. Let's just pick like Illinois where I'm from. Okay. It's an old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You look out, you probably just think like some older couple live in this house. Mm-hmm. Alas, it's not. It's a DMT den in the middle of nowhere. Okay. You go down to this basement. It's like a finished basement, but there are like beds everywhere for you to have your own trip experience. There's going to be someone about 10 feet away from you having their own experience, but they're all like, I mean, there's pillows, there's blankets. It's fuzzy. It's inviting. It's wonderful. You pay this person $30 before you go in. They're going to be like, okay, what are you here for? Like, why do you want to do this? Because I need to know one, how to dose you. If you're on any medication, like they do a little pre-screening. It's an underground pre-screen. I think Mm -hmm. it's super cute. Mm Mm-hmm. They tell you, this is probably what you're going to experience. This is what other people have experienced. And these are the signs that we look for to make sure that you're okay during your trip. And you, and if you don't tell them the truth and you're taking other drugs too, well, yeah, you know, they're not liable. Kind of. Yeah. Again, it's all very sketch and underground. Mm-hmm. And it's underground because this guy wants to help people. This guy actually had somebody give him DMT one time in mm-hmm. kind of like a shamanistic setting. And whatever was in him, what demon was attached to him literally released from him that day. And from that day, he was like, I, I will introduce this molecule to people who need this in their life and I will break them free of themselves. Mm -hmm. So his intention was to heal people with DMT being the drug that he's going to give you. So then in turn, you can go back and help yourself after you see yourself. He has such good intentions. Mm -hmm. He's the one who made me want to go find a DMT den, Mm -hmm. but I'm never going to go look for a DMT den. (laughs) Right. Underline, underline, underline. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I would have no way how to get a hold of him or anything like that. I just put it out in the universe. Like one day plant medicine wise, I would really like to do a DMT trip. Mm -hmm. Therapeutically is what I'm going to get into because I think that should probably be the way that I do it right based on my past though too mm-hmm. anyways so he goes in and the camera is over this girl that they interview and she was like yeah I came here I have really bad you know PTSD I have a severe depression a lot of the things that the doctors are giving me are starting to give me adverse effects if it's not supreme weight gain if it's not worse depression after you get on the medication if it's not wanting to kill yourself every four weeks because your medicine's doing something weird or they up this and up that and just doctors, doctors, da 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 She was just tired of it and she mm-hmm. knew that there was a trauma that she hadn't faced. And, you know, she 
she went there that day to face that trauma mm-hmm. and she picked this place and this guy like reassured her like you're fine. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you lay down in this bed is because, yeah, the dose that he gives you, you are going to be technically immobile, mm-hmm. but you're like, whoa, and it happens immediately. So you see it, you see him give her a hit because she's going to do like the smoke version. And immediately as she exhales, she's like, grandma and she starts talking to like all of these past relatives Mm. and she talks about the colors that don't exist like in our world and immediately as she exhaled the ptsd released from her the depression released from her her ego released from her everything that she had negatively been attached to and then been programmed to be attached to Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, religion, family, job, work. You only have a purpose and productivity, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of us have to break away from. I'm mm-hmm. in the middle of breaking away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she woke up, I mean, just from me watching the documentary, she was 100% completely had died on that table and came back. Mm-hmm. But she was alive the whole time. It's not right. like we needed to resuscitate her. Right. Um, and that's what I find so relieving about all of these things that we call drugs Mm -hmm. um is firsthand experience with shrooms i had an ego death and i enjoyed every freaking minute of being a part of the universe and connecting in the way that i wanted to obviously the effects of the medicine are going to go off you're going to have to really try to figure out how to integrate that into your life Mm -hmm. and there's so many people i know that they really really just want to go and like go do psychedelics in the woods somewhere or just like, let me just go take seven days off. Let me just da, 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 get away from this life that I built for myself that I don't even like, but I have to do. Let me go do this. I'll just get my mind right really quick and come back. And they never integrate any of the lessons that the plant medicine is trying to teach them. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be cool if we talked about the human trials of DMT I really just wanted to touch on the toad venom because it's like five or six times more naturally potent Mm -hmm. than the DMT that we can produce in our bodies or, you know, they can produce in a lab. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to go super. Yeah, I don't really want to go any further into the toad venom. Just so you're talking about kind of like the the trials that we talked about earlier that like Johns Hopkins and all of them are. Yeah, right. So this this is going to say, like, how does DMT assisted therapy work? How do you even go about getting into it? And I found mm-hmm. this on uh, technologynetworks.com, and it's the Neuroscience News and Research. Okay. And um, I I look at neuroscience research updates often. That, and then there's a podcast called, like, DNA Today or something I mm-hmm. just came across. Nice. And they update um, constant on any DNA research. It could be a five-minute episode, but if mm-hmm. they have just found something new about DNA, they let you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, those are my two things that I really like going on. I'd really, I just really want to understand my brain more. Right. Um, so it says, psychedelics have shown therapeutic benefits and disorders that have rumination habits and bias as key symptoms, such as depression, substance abuse, and PTSD. Uh, most of the people that I come across, I don't know if this happens to you, but do you have people that come in your life and kind of need like a little bit of help, love, and guidance? Do they like pair with experiences that you've had, like the really big experiences in your life? 
Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of times people will come into my life and be like, oh, that's exactly what I'm going through. That's exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, cause I noticed they're either, they either have, um, PTSD from a domestic abuse relationship. They either had a substance abuse issue based on like trauma or something that they don't want to talk about. And, um, the biggest one is like depression and suicide. Mm-hmm. Like I meet people all the time that are just about ready to drive to a bridge mm-hmm. and then like like God's like, hey, go talk to like Cheyenne for five seconds. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You feel like dying? Dude, I've died like 10 times. Let's go talk. <laughs> you know, and I just like nonchalantly talk about suicide. Like we all want to fucking die. Let's mm-hmm. talk about why we want to die. Do you want to let's walk through your suicide? Mm-hmm. that's what I've done with people. And I've actually walked them through the whole suicide, how they're going to do it. Okay. You're, 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 you actually have to watch everything. You have to watch your parents find out your friends find out you have to play in your own funeral. You have to be at your funeral. You have to like, what would your friends say? What would you do? Because you think that it's all over after you do this, but it's actually not. So let's show you the continuation of your suicide and uh, just walking them through what they're craving so bad and showing them the other side of the mountain has literally been like, oh, I didn't even want to kill myself. This was actually just annoying so bad. I just wanted to go. It's like three things hitting on the wrong side of the brain at the same time. Mm -hmm. But when I was reading this and I was like depression, substance abuse, and PTSD, that just popped up in my mind. It's like so many people I always want to say like so many normal people are actually struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Like that just go, they don't say anything. They're good people. They do their grocery shopping. They live their life and they never tell anybody that they feel this way either. Well, it's just like that. Um, gosh, I, I'm, her name is um, leaving me right now, but the Miss America just, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I can't think of her name like either. Like it freaking broke my heart. That I think it broke I had everybody's never, heart. Honestly, I'd never heard of her just because I don't do TV or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard of her before that story came out that she committed suicide jumping out of her New York City apartment. Um, but when I heard the story, like it hit my gut like a ton of bricks. And I was just, and I think it's because it's like if her, this person who is beautiful and perfect, has everything going for her, has the world in her hands, Mm -hmm. like is a person who seems like there can be nothing wrong in her life and has so much wrong that she feels her only option is to die. And it's like, (sighs) you know. Well, it's just really sad. And I know there's a lot of people, it just starts the check on your friends campaign. Yeah. And Which we should be doing. You should, but mm-hmm. don't post it if you're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Most of the... I think I think posting it is people going, this is me checking. You know, like reach out if you need something. I think social media has done a lot of weird, like let's check on each other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it's just so weird. Like if for me, if you want to check on me, you have to like call me. Mm-hmm. I'm still a call and check in person. I, yeah, I guess you can text me, but... You're going to get like one to five word back. Yeah, everything's fine. Thanks for checking in. Bye. Right, right. But like if you want to check on somebody, you have to hear their voice mm-hmm. because I can lie like a lie like I'm trying not to cuss like crazy <laughs> through a text message. If I'm not having a good day and you text yeah. me, well, I can throw you a couple emojis and like, oh, I checked on Shy the other day. She put like starfish, starfish cloud scene (laughs) haha I love you guys right (laughs) but if you actually called me that day and listened to my voice you'd know that 
I'm, I wasn't doing okay that day. Right. But the communication is, oh, I don't have to hear your voice anymore. I don't have to see your face. Mm -hmm. And that's, those are two big things that'll never go away from me. Mm -hmm. So DMT, right? (laughs) Right. We're talking about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Back to the spirit molecule. I want to say this because it's Rick Strassman. I hope I say that right. He said, DMT can really blow your mind. Um, you can attain insights or remember things that you previously weren't aware of, which could be influencing or causing your depression. Um, that, that tripped me up. Um, I'm really big into memory recovery. Um, cause I know that not only does trauma suppress senses, but trauma suppresses memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few friends that are, um, hysterically forgetful on everything. <laughs> I, are one of those friends in this room? You are, <laughs> but I'm talking about like I've known I've known uh, this kid since I was like a kid. Uh-huh. Like he was like my pen pal. Mm-hmm. We just have like random hey let's meet up stories all the time, mm-hmm. all of that. And we'll like we'll regroup every couple years whenever like the stars align and it's yeah. like hey let's feel like talking. We'll talk for like four hours and we'll reminisce. And by we, it's me jogging his yeah. memory that this shit actually <laughs> happened to him. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh my god, oh now that you say that, I totally remember that. Yeah. And I'm not like mad. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that wishes I could exercise the whole, like, why do you forget me bone in my body? But whatever. I'm not even going to go there because I'm so fascinated with, like, where do you store your memories? Mm -hmm. And if you don't store these lessons in these conversations, in these moments to refer back to later, like, how do you evolve? Do you just start over every day? I understand like, oh, I forgot my keys and oh, I forgot this, but you're forgetting lessons. So when I one got into like Dolores Cannon, I fell in love with like theta brainwave state and recovering memories from my trauma. And then I go into DMT and I think DMT, not just like the ayahuasca trip we want to go on as well, but I'm like, those are going to release things that even I know that I'm scared to access mm-hmm. age 19 through 22 is a vault of <laughs> just like there are blocks in me that are still here to this day. And now I know that I, I have access to medicine that I didn't have access to at the time when I experienced this stuff. Right. So you push this trauma down and you block it. Oh, it's okay. It's over with. It's fine. It's in the past. It's done. It's done. It's done. But realizing that it's still affecting you negatively you still have characteristics and parts of your personality because of these things that you went through I know where they're stored and I know I'm scared to release them by myself Mm -hmm. it's a really big awareness for me to have because I'll I'm like independent I'll figure it out I'll do it myself Mm -hmm. um so I 100% know that I need that shaman that therapist that safe space to release this part of me Mm -hmm. um because I can't do it on my own with yoga mat I can't do it with yoga um and even experiencing two form two different forms of kundalini energy and awakening i'm still terrified to go and touch that by myself mm-hmm. like that is a, that is a hot doorknob mm-hmm. that i'm scared <laughs> of so i love all of the different um like reactions that people have in therapeutic dmt because again like they're going to take you into what's called a dosing room mm-hmm. after they do your 
your pre-screening mm-hmm. so they know how much to dose you the facilitator which is a therapist it's not necessarily a shaman out in south america mm-hmm. they sit in a room with you you're gonna have like salt lamps dim lighting you know if you want like meditative music if you want like a stream running behind you just you know all that really really just like calming environment feeling stuff like a dmt den but in a clinic yeah it is it's kind of like a yoga studio in a clinic is kind of what i picture (laughs) like that's what i do like pillows and just stuff that makes you feel good everywhere Mm -hmm. um so they're gonna dose you you're gonna sit in a room you're gonna breathe you're gonna do a meditative state anyways and that that therapist is going to be with you through your whole trip. It's 20 to 20 minutes in a dosing room. It's not eight hours in a jungle, you know? (laughs) Um, But at first when I heard that, you know, the pharmaceutical industries were like really, really pushing to bring plant medicine to America. There's a, there's a whole company dedicated to this. Oh, so many, so many. There's, um, I think mind medicine out of Canada, I want to say is pushing for, psilocybin mm-hmm. not only like microdosing, but like selling microdoses, and psilocybin's mushrooms and the research right? yes mm-hmm. um those are my buddies mm-hmm. <laughs> um sorry i got sidetracked for a minute so yeah um i was a little concerned with the way that western fits everything into capitalism mm-hmm. over taking care of people right you know Mm -hmm. if that hurts anybody's feelings my bad Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how I feel about it yoga yoga is probably the biggest thing that I could say it's like oh it's here to help you just kidding it's aesthetically pleasing go buy yoga pants Mm -hmm. you know I didn't want that to happen with the medicine and I didn't want I understand people want to go like to the Amazon they want to have a shaman deliver this medicine and the reason that I was talking about earlier like why is ayahuasca not in America like here originally? Why haven't we been working it with generation for generations, but their family has? It's natural to them. Like it's a part of their like their family. Right. Like it's, their family's it's with the generationally. Exactly. It's handed down in their DNA. Mm-hmm. So then me understanding like I want to go to Costa Rica. I want to work with people that understand the plant medicine, mm-hmm. not from a scientific aesthetic let's get you there faster but let's really connect let's get you back to mother earth and let's understand why you're so disconnected from not only yourself but from your source Mm -hmm. i have always believed that that's the way to go is to be with them my concern again with them bringing it into america in a therapeutic setting is one where are we sourcing our medicine from Mm -hmm. are we synthesizing it in a lab again because now there's you're serving a disconnection from mother earth saying it's from mother earth Mm -hmm. and i don't like that Mm -hmm. um dm dmt i still think that i would prefer to do it in a therapeutic setting for what i've went through But if you know a shaman or a den that you'd like to go to, I think that would be super cool, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Ayahuasca, we're going to go do a retreat. And I am so excited about it. Um, But I also know that we're going to go out to Costa Rica. We're going to give you guys um, some details about that. Yeah. Um, I've actually been talking back and forth with one of the facilitators there because I kind of fell in love with her on Instagram and have just been following their, their trips, their tours, and kind of what they do. Um, but for anybody who is kind of 
still confused about DMT on if you're supposed to do it recreationally, if you're supposed to do it in a therapeutic setting, or if you're not supposed to do it at all. Um, one of my favorite resources that I have ever found for researching any substance, whether it's like from weed to heroin to crack cocaine to, you know, toad venom, DMT, all of that stuff, <laughs> any anything that you can think of. Um, I always reference Hamilton's Pharmacopia. Um, he has an episode on season two, episode four called Wizards of DMT. And he's going to take you like to the very beginning as long as he can find it. He's going to tell you about all the scandals, you know, why to be aware of it. And he he does a really good job of taking like the scary part out of it where you're like, oh, I'm not even supposed to be researching this. Mm -hmm. You know, like. The FBI is going to kick like my the, door down. Yeah, just the for FBI is going to. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we had the the D.A.R.E. program when, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I think they brought it back. I think it was the best in the 90s. Um, and I just remember I brought up like crystal meth to one of the police officers in the class in mm -hmm. fifth grade. And that police officer technically didn't even know what it was at the time because they had just found like their first however many pounds of it over where my dad was working and I kept calling it like crystal light crystal I was like light. it's like crystal light but it's like crystal <laughs> and I'm like a fifth grader trying to talk about like one of the worst drugs that's been manufactured in our county and I still and what if he did know but he was like I'm not he's giving like, you I'm that. not giving you that yeah that's <laughs> yeah. fine but still like I remember being that kid hungry for that knowledge like right. I didn't need the knowledge so I can be like now I know everything about crystal meth right. let's go try it no I was like I want to know why everything is so bad for me mm -hmm. because I just had a happy meal and it was delicious. Right. But I have no idea what's in it. Yeah. That is not chicken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, again, Hamilton does a really, really good way of teaching you about drugs through science, mm -hmm. not through a fear-based knowledge program. Mm -hmm. And I respect the F out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, not to mention he's honestly like kind of funny. <laughs> like for I say for like a scientist he's really funny and straightforward so I wanted to plug him a little bit because he does a really really he's done a really good job of teaching me drugs but never have I like watched any of his episodes and like been like now I have to go find this drug and do it this Saturday right like I just think there's a level of responsibility if you know yeah. that you have a curiosity in something I've always been fascinated with altered states of consciousness um so, I mean, obviously, like, I have more of a reasoning to go and look mm -hmm. at this stuff more than, like, the everyday person that, you mm -hmm. know, maybe one of your main things to look up isn't neuroscience, neuroscience <laughs> DNA, and then plant medicine. Yeah, yeah. So, what does ayahuasca and DMT have to do with kundalini awakenings? Okay, so, how do I say this without first wondering if anybody that listened to his episode was like what the hell is a kundalini awakening right right mm -hmm. um because it is said that there could be times in uh ayahuasca ceremonies where you are able to access kundalini energy mm -hmm. so in hinduism kundalini is a form of divine feminine energy also known as shakti believed to be located at the base of the spine so it's going to be around the root root chakra area so it's basically said um, that when it is awakened, it spirals up 
and moves through the chakras. It clears the nadis and clears the chakras. So a it's Kundalini like in a figure awakening. eight going back and forth. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's the serpent spiraling. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. that medical sign. Exactly. Those that's mm-hmm. literally Kundalini energy going right. up the spine, and then it turns into the wings. But it connects to your pineal gland, which yeah. activates your crown chakra and your third eye, and connects you with your source again. Mm-hmm. And then the wings come out because yeah, again you're alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically Kundalini awakening from what I understand I'll read a little bit more it's a cleansing and purification process after the Shakti energy which again is divine feminine rises in you okay I believe that there have been so many people that have had or activated a kundalini awakening in themselves and have no idea that it actually happened whether it's not as intense or it is super intense without going into my details I have had two experiences with kundalini awakening um one when I was 20 uh, that I don't go past that sentence. It happened to me when I was 20. Um, it took me about three, two years to finally, like about a year after it happened, I pinpointed like what had actually happened to me um, because I'd never felt energy like that before in my life. And not only had I never felt energy like that, but the way that I was at that time in my life and just how like dead inside I was, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, um, it made no spiritual and scientific sense to me at the time mm-hmm. how this could have happened how I could have felt that way all of this stuff coming to me um and now now I could write a book about it and be like check out what I learned the last 11 years right um but what happened to me like two weeks before my wedding I know we haven't told this story yet two weeks before my wedding um I somehow induced a kundalini awakening um, but it also ended up being my permanent spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, you have moments where like you peek over the horizon line and then you go back to sleep and, right. oh, I see it. And then I go back to sleep mm-hmm. there. At this point, there was really like no looking back by then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to scare anybody because I don't <laughs> want people walking around thinking that they can just like, you know, activate their Shakti by buying too much at Walmart. <laughs> um, so I, I bought been, the right tarot deck yeah, and all of I've a sudden bought the right tarot deck. Yeah. I mean, it can happen in, in a lot of things, but there's also a lot of gurus out there that say, you know, if you activate it without the proper person to help you flow through it, it's kind of a waste mm-hmm. or you'll misuse your powers, mm-hmm. which I believe like if you have a Kundalini awakening or a spiritual awakening and you're connected to all those clear senses, you're immediately going to evolve into a spiritual ego. Mm-hmm. 100%. It happens to most oh. people. Oh, I can't cuss anymore. I can't do this. I can't mm-hmm. do this. I am pure. I am pure. But you're still acting it because you aren't. So you, it yet. you detach from your human ego and you and reattach then, to a spiritual ego. Well, because there's like an evolved standpoint where mm-hmm. like you see where everybody else is now. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to like love them and give and compassion your ego and unconditional. Wants to be attached. And your ego also wants to be attached. Yeah. So it's like okay, well, I'm not going to cuss anymore. And it's like, well, ask yourself why you can't use curse words. Yeah. Because if you look at the etymology of etymology of curse words, they weren't ever like meant to be a curse word, but somehow like we've convinced ourselves mm-hmm. that they're bad. Right. Um, so again, um, there's a, there's a couple checkpoints that I'm going to go over with, Hey, have I had a Kundalini awakening or am I having one? Cause there is a mass awakening. You have people every day just being like, what is going on with me? What is going on? Mm -hmm. Um, So the first time Kundalini was brought up was actually in the Upanishads, which is going to be like the oldest. I think it's the oldest written um, curriculum about yoga, too. Mm -hmm. Like it's super, super old and very, very. um, What am I trying to say? 
not just ancient, but respected. Mm-hmm. Like if you need to refer back to anything's legitimacy, you would go to the Upanishads. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to figure out how to connect it back and forth. So in his, like, I remember his experience, like he started doing like mantras and mudras and yoga stances that he'd never done before. Nada? Yeah, nada. Okay. Um, because I didn't want anybody to listen to that episode and like think, um, like, ooh, this is what a legitimate kundalini awakening is. Everything is different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I was crying on my yoga mat at home, like in an immense amount of pain. And, but it was also like a state of bliss when I was being released and the, the attachments that I had had in my life that were detrimental to my ego, um, they were falling away from me and I couldn't, I couldn't stop them. There were things that I wanted to fall away from me that I had finally found, um, temporary peace from. I had found temporary peace from, you know, my suicide button not going off in the back of my head every couple of weeks when I was just like, God, I'm just tired again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my soul's like, you're doing it wrong again. This is yeah. why you don't feel right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clean up your avatar. Your avatar sucks. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but I felt so like after I went through like my grieving process and I, I recognized the energy again. And that's what really effed with my head as I was like, I'm literally trying to get married. I'm releasing all of these things that could it's not going to stop me from getting married. It's not going to stop me from living life that I want to live. But these things are attached to me and they're clearly seeking my attention. Mm-hmm. It's I'm being energetically pulled. I'm mourning things that I should have mourned years ago. Like so many things were coming up for me and bubbling up for me that there was a there was one time that I was scared to tell Landon what I was going through. And I felt like I almost like, should I go to a psych ward? Am I okay? Right. And I'm like, I'm not a psych ward type person. I'm not a medication person. Like I, I will find a way to heal myself. So it was really scary, especially cause I was trying to be as normal as possible. to like, you know, go get married and do all that fun stuff. You were having a very normal experience with a very abnormal psyche. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, yeah. there was no other way to, to describe it. Like I felt like I had just kicked the door to the fifth dimension open and now (laughs) there is no like I'm always going to see it I'm always going to feel it Mm -hmm. not to mention I had clear senses coming through so I could Mm -hmm. see auras Mm -hmm. I could see dead people now I had to remind myself that all the people I saw in the past were dead you know so it's like it's all of this stuff bubbling up at one time and you realizing like oh the way you've been living your life is kind of a freaking lie and you're just figuring it out Right. You know, like, cause I went back to like several friends, like in my happy, heightened, blissful state, whether I had to, you know, apologize for the way that I was or just acknowledge to them that I had finally seen the light in me that they had always told me about all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is, this is in you and this is in you and you're so great and you do this and you do this. Um, and taking their compliments, I was like, thanks, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I see the, I see that light that you fought so hard in me for when I wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I just had like profound experiences with my friends at that point. And I was just like, this is when I, this is what I, I've always felt. This is how I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it literally such a state of bliss. You didn't even know what to do. You, I smiled at everybody. I was I mean, I still do all this stuff, but it was like the 3D world didn't affect me. 
Mm-hmm. I, I didn't go out in public and feel others' emotions as mine anymore. Like I understood where they were and I love them and I sent them unconditional love and healing energy. You felt their emotions, but you understood they weren't yours. But exactly. Yeah. But it, it's an automatic download. It happened so fast. There yeah. was, I wasn't human for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it felt. And then yeah. trying, like my voice changed. I remember that. Like mm. it was just more kind. It was, it was at an octave that I'd always wanted to be at, but it was mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm still like, huh, I'm still recovering from a show is kind of how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have a raspy voice from yelling at musicians too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always so in love with hearing anybody else's that actually know they had a Kundalini awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first one I had, I've only been able to access like support groups online mm-hmm. where they're like, and I'll read stories and I'll observe and I'm like, that didn't happen to me. That didn't happen to me. That's kind of similar. That makes sense. So then when, um, again, I was activated right before my wedding, I knew exact, I knew exactly what it was and it terrified me because it, it was a domino effect of proof of the last like 10 or 11 years of my life. Like these things that I had been trying to disprove and pretend like it didn't happen and say it was like delusions of grandeur or anything in my mind that, you know, if I would have went to a therapist, they'd be like, this is probably scientifically what's happening to you. But I knew from the moment that that thing had happened to me when I was 20, that this was spirit based, mm-hmm. but I'm not educated enough on spirit because the only thing I'm supposed to know about spirit is to walk through Jesus Christ and leave everything else to him, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. But I love the research that Jesus did on his time on earth. Mm-hmm. So he's inspired me to break away from, oh, you can't know this knowledge. Oh, you don't need to know this. This isn't going to benefit you till I'll read whatever I want mm-hmm. and I'll do whatever I want. Speaking of doing whatever we want, though. Yes. So um, there is. uh, What is it called? Okay, let me pull it up really quick because I really don't want to mispronounce it. So there is a place called Inner Flight Retreat and it is in Costa Rica. I'll put their uh, Instagram information on the bottom so you can check it out. But it is a retreat place where you can go and do kind of like the ayahuasca retreats that we talked about. Um, they work with the Shipibo tribe. So like, as soon as you get there, you're welcome into the community and you spend like a full day and they walk you around the way that they live, the way that they eat, the way that they honor mother earth, all of that. Cause they really, really want you to connect with the land before you connect with the plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Cause they say that the plant medicine is very, very feminine, which is what we're all seeking is balance with the Mm -hmm. divine feminine myself included um so i love that these places are popped up like this um again i'll put their ig down there so you guys can read it because it's man it is packed with a bunch of stuff so um you do three traditional shipibo ayahuasca ceremonies so so while you're there for a week you do three ceremonies of ayahuasca hold on that's there's more That's the top of the list. Oh, that's a big list. Yeah. So then you do two combo ceremonies. So combo, I think I'm saying that right. It's K-A-M-B-O. It's basically like a South American monkey frog venom that they they excrete from the frog. And I'm 100% sure they turn into a powder form that you smoke in a meditative, safe, ceremonial 
So shaman like, shaking leaves over you thing. It's like licking the New Mexico fl- frogs. Yeah, except for okay. this one's in South America, and they already they do the whole yeah. process for you. We're not. I don't. We don't have to milk them ourselves. We're not going to milk them, <laughs> and we're not going to lick them. They dose us. Okay. You do five rape ceremonies, which is I think smokeless tobacco that can inhibit a psychedelic experience based on the person, based on how open they are. But you actually like you have a piece in your nose, and they have a piece in their mouth, mm. and when you inhale, they blow it up your nose huh it's like assisted cocaine is what i think of it oh yeah i don't want like i don't want that to deter anybody <laughs> but it it can induce a psychedelic experience but it is meant for grounding practices after and in between ayahuasca and combo because oh, okay. you go so high okay so that's why i have five of those it says one plant medicine integration breath work session okay um you do two sweat lodges oh I don't know about that. You got to get all the toxins out. Yeah, but I'm not a sweater. Like I, me I, either. I but I'm like also not. That. Don't I? I don't like stuff up my nose. But if you're, if it's going <laughs> to connect me to source, probably. Right. Like there's things that make me uncomfortable, but yeah. you don't grow if you don't go outside your comfort zone. So if sitting in a sweat lodge makes me uncomfortable, better than like we're going to give free paragliding lessons. I'm just hoping that like my, uh, um. You know how the I didn't have COVID, but I also have lost my sense of smell thing. I hope that's kicked in right about then. I mean, we have like two years. Yeah, hopefully it's there. We'll see. Hopefully that's what we say. <laughs> um, you have two cacao ceremonies, and I'm pretty sure you help make all of this stuff too. Like you'll oh, go. Oh, that's and, cool. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100 percent positive. Yeah. Like you go out in the woods, you collect all your supplies, and you help make it. You set mm-hmm. the intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still has to be obviously made by the tribe to make sure everything's fine. Right. You do one ecstatic dance session. You do two medicinal flower baths, three yoga sessions, one hike to the waterfalls, a shamanic drug drum journey drug journey i'm like not a drug journey <laughs> sorry um you get to go to the shipibo market um you do integration tool talks so they teach you how to integrate oh nice all of the plant medicine back mm-hmm. into your daily life cool because what they were noticing when all of these facilities started popping up in costa rica and all of these other places is like Americans would go over there for about a week. They would do plant medicine the whole week, and then they would clock back into their original lives after they just had an ego death, healed some trauma, and found their true self. Well, they're trying to put their true self back into their avatar's life. Mm -hmm. And this life that you've built out of your ego, out of what society wants from you, you know, whether you're... My biggest thing is to talk about being like stuck in a marriage that you're just seriously stuck in. You're Mm -hmm. stuck in the job you don't want to be in and you're seriously stuck in a marriage you don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. And then you go and do ayahuasca and you come back and you know this shit's not working. Mm -hmm. How do you get out of that or how do you integrate it to where like where's the life lesson in this? Right. Like how is this how is this helping me? Mm -hmm. Or am I supposed to cut the ties? Right. That's got to be the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a child of divorce and I'm happy to be a child of divorce. Mm -hmm. So like I'm an advocate. If you're raising your kids in conditional love and just staying together for the kids, you got to get out of there because you're actually going to hurt your kids in the long run. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyways. Um, let's see one-on-one consultation with healers, which I thought was super important because I love telling my worst details to strangers. I'll probably never see again. (laughs) Um, 
And then you get like integration to ayahuasca talk. Um, you have authentic local cuisines that are, you know, all from the jungle. They have like a yoga studio, five-star accommodations. It looks like a huge tree house in the middle of the jungle. Cool. But I've been watching these people for a while and I thought, how cool would it be um, that not only are we truth seekers, but we have truth seekers that listen to us anyways. And mm-hmm. I know that they're kind of on the same healing journey as us. Mm-hmm. So I would like to build a package on our Patreon that just for this specific retreat where you are able to purchase their retreat and come with us mm-hmm. and do this like week like long. we're arranging everything like flights, stay, all of it. Yeah. I we're, mean, we're coordinating I'll, all of it. I'll coordinate it with the retreat mm-hmm. and we'll do the retreat with however many people like listeners, supporters, whatever you want to do, actually come with mm-hmm. Spiritual Smorgasbord to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we will be interviewing each other. We'll be documenting, documenting who we were before and who we were after and really just giving you like a firsthand look of what plant medicine can do when it's facilitated properly mm-hmm. with the correct intention. And yeah, I mean, that's probably one of my biggest go-tos is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be an amazing experience that, um, you know, it's going to be kind of one of those once in a lifetime kind of things because, you know, it's cool to like go do that Costa Rica experience um, and do the ayahuasca experience. Um, But how cool would it be to go do that like as a group of all of us that are at the same mind um and also i'd also say like the vulnerability in it the vulnerability like that would be supremely vulnerable for me to do it right document it on the podcast yeah you know make it like a whole season and you know and of course if you don't want to be on the podcast that's cool too but like just to be part of that i think that's going to be really cool so how do you know that you're having a kundalini awakening tell me all right So this is from Thought Catalog. It says, uh, 16 signs you're having what's known as a kundalini awakening. Uh, I am going to say that these are open-ended. If these have happened to you, it does not necessarily mean that you have or haven't had it. Because these could just be like normal things that you're going through. I think if you're having all of this, if you're having the tower card in tarot. (laughs) If you're having a tower moment. (laughs) Yeah. That seems to be. So it's going to say Kundalini is your life force energy. It's believed that in those who are unawakened, their energy remains coiled at the base of their spine. For those who have awakened, have had an awakening event and become conscious, the energy spirals upward, activating each chakra and making the being transition into an enlightened guru. (laughs) Um. It is a process, according to some, especially some old Vedic texts, that it's a process of coming into complete nirvana. Now, just so I don't get sporadic kundalini awakening and the actual practice of kundalini kundalini awakening confusing for anybody, if you've ever done like kundalini yoga, um, hatha yoga, 
there's two other forms I can't even think of right now. There are some yogas that literally are made to yoke your body into the divine. Yoga literally means to yoke and it's supposed to bring you into the one. Um, but there are some poses that are literally made to awaken, awaken that energy in you. And then your guide guru, whoever's there, will guide this energy up your chakras and help you, you know, find the enlightenment that you want. Mm -hmm. um, and that is intentional kundalini awakening. You're going to do it through detoxification, yoga, diet, following like extreme guidelines mm -hmm. and like really, really like obsessively retraining your brain every day, mm -hmm. um, retraining your brain in the 3d realm with all the other responsibilities. It's just a really big awareness and gratitude practice is what I found mm -hmm. sitting on my yoga mat, doing my affirmations, telling myself how much I love myself. That isn't going to work unless I know how to integrate it back out when I go into the grocery store and someone like cuts me off at a parking lot. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it took me uh, like a year and a half to really integrate that good. But if you are having an awakening or you think that you have awakened to something bigger than yourself. Well, number one, you begin a process of emotional reckoning. You find your mind circling, <clears throat> circling through past experiences that you either miss, feel sad about no longer having or are mourning, and feel sad that you had to go through it in the first place. Um, that's really important for me to bring up because that explains exactly what was happening to me. Yeah. A couple, a couple months and a couple weeks before mm -hmm. I just, all of this stuff that I had pushed down for so long was finally coming up and I was mourning things that I should have mourned a long time ago. Right. I was releasing things that, you know, I knew I was shoving down in me. Um, so that one's really weird because again, some people say it's a blissful state and others just say it's supremely traumatic and it acts like a death. Mm -hmm. I would say it's like pulling skin from bone. <laughs> That's what it felt like for me. That and it sounds amazing. But it's the resistance <laughs> in you. Right. That's what I wanted to underline in that. Yeah. It was my resistance and not, I was like, I've lived so long with this shoved down in me. I can live like this forever. It's fine. Right. And this energy is like, I'm more powerful than your ego. <laughs> Release, <laughs> surrender. Surrender is the biggest thing in a Kundalini awakening. Mm -hmm. So it says you are unpacking years of pent up energy blocks that have prevented you from being present which you're absolutely right. You're not present in your normal life because you're like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I going to have this future? Do I have enough money? Can I survive in this lie that I'm living in? And then you look back at your past and you're like, what in, your, what in my past has made me be this way? Who am I? I don't even know who I am, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You just go through all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, it says this means you'll spend a lot of time thinking through the past, what happened and what you wish were different. This is a time to come to peace with it and release it. So like I was in my yoga room for like four days straight. Like I would, you know, as soon as my husband would come home, I would try to be as normal as possible. But for the most part, I'd be like, hi, I got to go <laughs> puking in here. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I just married you three weeks ago. This is crazy. Um, you I may, do remember you talking about that. Yeah. Right after when I was like, do you still want to marry me? Cause like, I'm not the same person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, the girl that you proposed to is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I still don't think that like he even had the emotional code to process what happened. Cause right. I sure should. Cause didn't. he thinks, Oh, you're just being Cheyenne. Yeah. yeah you're just good. being we're Cheyenne. Good. You're just, you yeah. just found something cool. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no, seriously. Like I'm, it's yeah. about to get weird. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing great. He carries crystals in his pocket now. He's really coming along. Yeah. <laughs> he's killing it. I heard him tell my daughter earlier. Um, 
Monroe, like, I don't know, did something to her finger. And he's like, go to your mommy. She has healing powers. No. I was like, oh, okay, I'll keep you forever if you keep talking to me like that. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. You may feel physical symptoms such as waking up at random hours of the night, sweating, crying, or even literally feeling an intense rush of energy going up your spine. The intense rush of energy going up my spine was literally what started it off for me at 20. I was like, what just happened to me? I've never felt this in my life before. And I, I remember like going home and like, I think it was Ask Jeeves at the time. Like Google <laughs> Google wasn't like the biggest thing, but it was like, you know, like a line of energy running at my spine, like energy running through my fingertips. Like I was like, what am I doing? And then I found um, like Kundalini awakening. And I was like, I called it Kundalini because, mm. you know, that's what it looked like to me. Kunda. for some yeah, and I was like, it, it it was too it was too far advanced for me at that time. Right, I was like, whatever. So I just you know like yeah. printed it off and put it in a notebook and found it. Um, so many years later, but again, um, it validates so many things that happened to me so many years ago that, like, my story is like, did I see a ghost? Oh, it can't be a ghost. That couldn't have happened. It must have been my imagination because ghosts aren't real. Yeah. So yeah. then I <laughs> I spent like however many however many years trying to disprove it or beat it mm -hmm. that was I'm like I'm you know like this will come to me in a different way in a different format and I can release myself from believing that this actually happened to me here and I can let it go and I can let it go and I can let it go and I was reinforced over and over and over through the years like what happened to you is real mm -hmm. what happened to you was real I was like it's not like I was just <laughs> I under I understood why it was so painful to wake up for me mm -hmm. which is why I'm so fascinated by other people's awakening stories mm -hmm. is I'm like mine was supremely painful and it was my fault mm -hmm. I was in denial I did not want to believe all those things that happened and now I sit very pretty on a amount of truth. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whew, it's a lot nicer up here. <laughs> um, okay, so you feel a sudden need to make radical changes in your life, which is 100% true. Mm -hmm. um, Was that true both the first time that you felt the kundalini and the second time? So the first time I believed I was 100% ignorant to the energy that actually hit me. Right. And the only way that I was able to uh like translate it would have been like at the level that I was at which would have been just like pure curiosity um I didn't really I still um was scared to look into stuff even though I was curious and I was always researching stuff if mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah but you know like when certain information comes to you and you're like okay I want to understand this but I'm obviously not there yet well but I'm I'm just wondering like um, instinctually were you like okay I need to make these random changes or I need to make profound changes even though you didn't research about it did you make any changes I did mm -hmm. um but they were supremely radical yeah for me at the time but they needed to be radical for mm -hmm. the situation that I was in right like this wasn't like this situation happened to me and then I just went back into my regular life and I was like la 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 everything's fine mm -hmm. like I I had decided I remember telling him this when he's like, where do you want to be in like five years? I'm like, I think like for the next five years, I want to like go to Washington and I want to, I want to work at a diner where nobody knows my name where I can actually change my name and I can just like work here and I can like fade away silently in the background away from everybody. Did you do that? No. Oh, I'm like, I have not heard that story. Well, I don't tell anybody <laughs> that story. This is the first time I'm telling this story oh. outside of that room. But I remember this because it's kind of coming into the story that's yeah. 
playing out in my mind. So I remember just wanting to disappear consistently Mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. And that voice kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I was to the point where my rebellion was based on trauma and being misunderstood by everybody in my life. Mm. And you consistently have these people coming and coming up to you and being like, I love you. I love you. You're my this. You're my that. You're my this. This is who you are to me. This is how I see you. You're not acting you're not acting the way that I, the Cheyenne in my head acts. So you're not, a, you're at, you're not acting according to the program I have for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they should be scared with the way that I was acting at yeah. the time. <laughs> I, it, I give no fault to anybody, but right. now psychologically looking back at all the pieces and why I acted the way I did and knew why I acted the way I did back there. I view myself completely different. I mm-hmm. wasn't a drug addict. I used drugs as a modality to suicide. Mm-hmm. I continuously moved further away from my family and tried to distance myself away from my family. So hopefully, fingers crossed, when I died at 25, which was the goal, they wouldn't be, as hurt. They wouldn't be near me. Mm. Oh, how did Cheyenne even get out there? We don't know. But now my obituaries printed at the, you know, hometown newspaper. God, she was a good girl. Mm-hmm. Wonder, I wish what I could have done to save her. All that shit mm-hmm. that people say when people actually go away. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to slip my wrist in a bathtub. I didn't want to take too many pills. Jim Morrison was like a really, really good anti-idol for me at the time. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to live hard and I'm going to go fast. And I have five years to do it. And that's what, like, I confided in this man about. And he's, like, just sitting there just, like, dumbfounded. <laughs> he's, like, did you literally just tell me that, like, you have five years left and, like, you've planned that you're done and I'm done. And I was I was so, so right about it. And I felt good about it. I felt mm-hmm. like now that I know when I'm leaving, I can make the best out of the next five years because I don't have to worry about a picket fence. I don't have to worry about a 401k. I don't have to worry about all this shit that I came into this world literally not giving a shit about. And everybody told me in order to be successful, you have to give a shit about stuff you don't care about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sitting there at 20, it was a delight to confess this plan to him. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, like I see like if the roles were reversed, like I was him and he was me and like he told me that. Like, dude, that's really heavy. Yeah. For one, but two, like, if he were telling me the story, I would give anything to save his life. Right. Like, I would have never, I would have never let him do that plan either. Mm-hmm. So, I like, there's always been like those weird like wonderings in the back of my head where I'm like, did you were you able to take on that all the information I gave you just that heavy shit because you didn't really process anything I told you either. You were just like, whoa, that's crazy, mm-hmm. and then like moved on with your life. Mm-hmm. Like that, those are always like the little questions I have is, um, how are you able to take on all the information I told you? Cause I told you some heavy stuff, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, but again, going back to that, that moment in that time in my life, having a Kundalini awakening at the same time that you've decided to give up your life. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that did that. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that had that energy, like step in and, block you from your own egotistical I want to give up my life intentions <laughs> right right like you think you're in charge but yeah this is this is God's love actually right this is this is why you want to die this is what you want to go back to this is what you're missing right. I can appreciate that that's where you want to go but there's other stuff there's that other got stuff for you, for you to yeah. do <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. it really took myself out of the situation as much as I needed to be because I was just so obsessed with just like not waking up anymore right I was like, please just like, let me go. And then this energy started taking over me. 
Mm -hmm. um, consistently for weeks. Like I would go back into my life for a bit. I would, you know, it's, it's, it'd be, it'd be the same as like going to rehab and knowing that you're going to be better knowing, but then you go back to your same life where I'm like, there's still drugs at my house. I'm still the drug dealer. I'm still hanging around with all the people that, you know, like you really do have to clear out your whole environment if you're going to start that new life. Yeah. So it's not that I was starting a new life by any means, but I would consistently go and visit this person over and over. And they were like, and when you say this person, you mean the new you. Yeah. Yeah. In a safe space. Right. That was the thing. Like Mm -hmm. nobody had access to the side of me except for this person in this location at this time. Mm -hmm. This was, you could not redo this in any other time in my life. Mm -hmm. If you, if we pushed it up a couple years, it would have been worse. Mm -hmm. Maybe not have even worked. Because mm-hmm. the momentum is too far behind the suicide. Mm-hmm. This energy caught me like literally. Mm-hmm. It was like, ha, 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 watch this. Yeah. And it did. <laughs> it made me spiral into why do I want to live all of a sudden? Like I didn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, you saved my life. Thank you so much. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I love you forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's like the human construct of it. If someone comes in and just really, really like, changes your life and changes your perspective like there's this ultimate admiration and gratitude you have but that's just like the way that human motion does it mm-hmm. like I I in this situation I've always operated out of unconditional love for it because I'm like I know that that was the turning point in my life mm-hmm. and had xyz not been there not done that not said this if this hadn't happened no way I'd be here right now bro right no way and that's why you say every time you have a birthday I'm so shocked and I'm so excited and I'm so surprised I'm having another freaking birthday. Like I'm proud of myself. Yeah. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh shit. Because then, because I remember everything and I remember all of those memories. Like it's a, you know, it's like the domino effect back in, back in your head. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, do you remember like 20 and 21 and 22? Do you remember this and this? Oh dude, you're, I remember feeling that way. And like, I have conversations with myself. But I'm also like my best friend. I used to be my worst enemy. Now we've made up, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, oh, girl. Um, but I still remember thinking back then, like, yeah, I just turned 31. So my my birthday I spent with my sweet little family. We had a nice country cooked meal from Carriage Crossing over in Yoder, Kansas. It's in the middle of nowhere and they have delicious home cooked food. And then we went to DQ and I got ice cream cake because that's what I do every year. And then I went into a food coma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've been juicing for almost two months and I just ate, you know, some delicious food that my mom would have cooked me for my birthday. And as I'm doing this like constant audit of myself, like, oh, if I were to die today, I'd already be doing a life review anyways. So instead of doing like a birthday life review of, oh, you're 31 and you haven't achieved this, 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 this. Because that's what most people do. They get into like the comparative research of themselves, like the keeping up with the Joneses. I was like, I think today we should just see like how far we've come. Because I really, like I sunk into 30 so good that I was like, we don't even have to like, I could just be 30 forever. This is nice. So then when I was like, oh, I'm the three one now, I was like, that just feels a little off. I really loved 30. I just, I like the three O. It sounded cool coming into it. So now I was like 31, like this year's looking great. You know, the podcast is looking great. The sponsors coming on the shows we have coming up, um, family life doing good, you know, like, and then I always like, I go back to April 14th, 2019. That's my awakening day. 
member when we met. I do. The day prior. Because mm-hmm. Desiree is also, I credit to one of the reasons that I got to wake up that day and not a week later. <laughs> um, and I And I go to you know, how far I've come from the person that I don't want to be anymore. And I always start my life at April 14th, 2019 now, like the awakened part of me, the part that, again, everybody always told me they saw in me. And I was like, I don't see that. That's awesome to have that and see that. Mm -hmm. And then I also have like this naysaying voice in my head, you know, like um, when you're younger and you're like really feeling yourself and someone's like, oh, you're a little vain. Have you ever, like, seen that as, like, a cultural thing? I don't know. Maybe more of, like, a religious thing. Like, I was always, because they're they're always saying, like, vanity is something. Yeah. One of those thingies that Uh you'll get in trouble for. Yeah. And I just remember being like, I love myself so much, but it is not, (laughs) like, a vanity thing. Like, I don't look in the mirror and be like, you're so hot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, Cheyenne. I fucking love you. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that you could feel this way about yourself right. and feel good about it, which I mean, a lot of it has to do with self-love and rewiring my brain, mm-hmm. but don't pick on yourself in the morning. Right. Rule number one, don't do that. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, Ooh, I'm so happy. I just did my 31 year life audit. Shit's looking good. I'm looking for another Kundalini awakening just because like I'm ready for it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure that we, oh my gosh, what, what a tree branch. Great. (laughs) Um, we just did your whole, like, this is who I am episode on a tree branch. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But I, um, I mean, I know there's a lot more to yours. Well, I'm not going to go through all 16 of these. I just, I, I wanted to compare like what actually happened to me as I read through these 16 I'm like holy shit that happened to me that happened to me but again like as you know I was living a really really normal life like Mm -hmm. there wasn't yeah I I was doing yoga I guess you could attribute yoga to the activation if you want to look at the science behind it that's one um maybe you could just like quickly tell in case other people have experienced some of those 16 things like tell us what they are so that maybe they can associate them with themselves so let's see my favorite that happened to me was acknowledging the incredible synchronicities that begin to appear in your life Mm. and like they resonate with you it's not someone telling you like hey look out for number 444 look out for number 777 Mm -hmm. like you're starting to recognize these things that have already already been calling out to you like now you recognize Mm mm-hmm it's like having a spiritual awakening and understanding the Beatles and Incubus lyrics because <laughs> they're they're sending you a message. Um, let's see. Your empathic abilities strengthen like never before. So for you, I know this has happened too. You go from, yeah, I know I'm an empath to holy shit, I can't go outside my house until I learn energy management. Right. <laughs> the post op- like going to the post office, going and doing regular stuff like you're with great with great power comes like great responsibility (laughs) like that's kind of what I think about it I remember being so sensitive to people and I'm like but I already knew I was empath this is so weird well now you're acknowledging and leveling up to that energy so now you got to kind of play on the same field Mm -hmm. um you have a strong urge to be outside in nature as often as possible and that's you reconnecting back to mother earth which I still struggle with living in a city. I'm like dying to get a farm and just like ground every day. (laughs) I love, love, love being outside. I'm also from the farm, moved to a city, trying to get back. So um, 
another one, which again, I was like, some of these are Kundalini awakening. Some of these are just like spring cleaning, (laughs) but you feel a strong urge to declutter your life in as many ways as possible, whether it be broken relationships, messes in your home and old habits that are holding you back or don't serve you. Um, comparative research uh we cleared everything out of our house and we had an estate sale of everything that was stagnant in our house and I remember that and mm-hmm. we're doing it again yeah um uh broken relationships people that are, don't serve your highest good those were the hardest ones for me mm-hmm. and i just believe that that's um, more of a study in vibrational and frequency compatibility mm-hmm. amongst humans mm-hmm. that a lot of us don't talk about Um, it could be someone who was your best friend and now you don't really feel a good connection to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I used to feel like it was always me. Mm -hmm. It's always me. It's always me. It's always me. And then when I realized that I had actually outgrown them, they just continuously stood there and handed me scissors. (laughs) Right. You know, I was like, (laughs) great. Now I have to be courageous and courage Mm -hmm. doesn't always feel good. So that's probably the worst one that I would say about having awakening is not only are you auditing everything in your life, but you're editing people. Right. And it sucks. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't because. Well, I mean, it's necessary. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. just speaking from like your emotional, I I want this person in my life, even if I know they don't serve my highest good. Yeah. I I think for me, it's, um, I love being able to finally see the truth about people who aren't serving me because it's been, at least in my experience, most of the time it's been such a toxic relationship to begin with that I wasn't able to see before then that once I can see it and once I cut it, just for an example, I had a job once that was excruciatingly toxic and I knew it, but I didn't know it until I finally left it. And it seems like every day that I was further away from it, it became clearer and clearer how incredibly toxic it was for me. And it was just, it was like my life became happier every day I got further from it. And it, it, it's nothing, like you knew it, but you didn't know it. And the further away you got, the happier and happier you were. And it was like, whew, I needed that. And it's the same thing with relationships. What a great feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have experienced that, and that was the perfect way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know it, but you don't know it until it's gone. And then you're like, yeah. Well, with work and relationships, I've always thought that they're the same thing. They can both be. <laughs> they are both work. <laughs> I'm, well, they're both toxic environments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are almost Stockholmed into believing like this is what you have to do. This is who you have to be to get through it. Right. And then through whatever happens in your life to where the relationship ends or the work ends, and you finally get time to breathe. I want. I bet it took me three to four months to really like acknowledge the toxicity that I'd been living my life, and just from a work standpoint. Right. And I'm. It took me a while to like unravel it. You have to unravel your routine of the day, the responsibility that you need. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge that you have um, a purpose in just existing. Mm-hmm. And you didn't You didn't have that the last several years in this work. Mm-hmm. So then finally, like the point that you brought up where you're like, oh my God, that, what? that wasn't me. That was toxic. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to get away from that. Mm-hmm. 
whether you have those realizations for a moment and then go back into the work or back into the relationship again to, you know, right. figure your karma out or whatever you <laughs> right. want to do. Whether you keep going back but, to play or not. Yeah, but that that story that you just thought about, like mm-hmm. that is a trigger for me where I'm like, I know I felt this before. I know I felt this relief before. Mm-hmm. What took me to that relief? And it was leaving. Right. And it was having the courage to leave and start a new life and start mm-hmm. a new career path and literally throw a match mm-hmm. on like your old self right. and being like, my old self doesn't even serve me anymore. Right. I have the courage enough to find my future self. Right. So I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you experience random influxes of emotions. In reality, you're dealing with old feelings you never fully addressed. That is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. You feel profound need to be of service to others. You understand that as we are all essentially one, devoting your life to the aid of other people is the noblest and most gratifying thing that you can do. Mm. 100%. Mm-hmm. That is the reason I want to stay awake is because how much I know that I need the human connection mm-hmm. and how much I love just talking to people and being people, which mm-hmm. is why I've literally turned myself into a golden retriever <laughs> in human form. Um, oh God, that's so great. A profound need to be of service to others and mm-hmm. help and just like be there and support. And I think for me, that's um, the one thing that I get out of doing this is I just really hope it helps someone. I hope it I feel touches someone. I hope it changes someone. I hope it. I hope it inspires you to them. be I hope you. It, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like it's you know it's like is it it's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of fun, of course, but like it's it's because it's necessary, you know. So the chemical that releases like in your bloodstream when you shop, mm-hmm. when you do like a big shopping spree. I'm not a big fan. Well, okay. Is it dopamine? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Would that be right? It's like yeah. a dopamine Dopamine's, drip? Uh, dopamine's a, a thing. Yeah. Let's just say that because okay. I'm like, is it the S one? Is it the A one? Oh, serotonin? Yeah. yeah I, I don't like, know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say it's like we're just. We'll call oh, it Cortisol dumping. That's what it is. That's it's cortisol dumping. Fuck. <laughs> I'm getting them mixed up. There's a there's a there's a chemical in your body that dumps when you shop and makes you feel good. It's the happy chemical, but I was like, <laughs> is it cortisol dumping or is I mean, it dopamine? I, and why am I acting like I don't know? Because I had this shit memorized. Let's just say there's a chemical. Anyways, and the we chemical, all know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the one that like that makes you have. It's like it's the, your reward chemical is what I I'm call pretty it. Sure it's, it's when you eat. It's when you shop. It's yeah. all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I 100% believe that coming up the way that we did we our world trains us to misuse the chemicals in our body yeah so then it's going to lead you further away from actually like knowing your purpose and living your passion right because you're so used to only getting these chemical dumps based on materialistic artificial Mm -hmm. temporary fixes right right so Um, Especially if you've grown up in a narcissistic, toxic environment, then you learn to get it in the wrong ways. Oh, like manipulative and da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which even worse. Yeah. But I've noticed, especially since starting this podcast, um, that just sitting in this chair, running, running the board, helping with all of the stuff, recording, finding it, building it. Not one part of this process has felt super, super hard. I felt like I wasn't supposed to be doing it. And I I felt inspired the whole way. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why I'm like, oh, I know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. It's to talk a lot <laughs> to a lot of people <laughs> to anyone and, and just love everybody. Right. <laughs> um, but before finding this, I had just found like little breadcrumbs of inspiration and passion mm-hmm. and that the way that the chemicals were originally meant to be used to guide me into the yes, no of my life and my life path. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, I still want to be a musician. Yes, I still want to get on stage and sing. But I doubt that I'm going to pick up the guitar now. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably still sing and tap on the piano a little bit. Mm-hmm. Music has always been like my guiding force. It's my true north, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always just going to like be guided and go back to it. I know that feeling of that passion and that flow. Same thing for the podcast. But if we're going out and like we're living our avatar egotistical lives and our chemicals that are supposed to be guiding us to our purpose and showing us what we do and don't want has been hijacked by shopping sprees and food and all of this artificial, again, temporary substances, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be really hard to find your life purpose? So you might need something like a Kundalini awakening Mm -hmm. to come in and just like blow up your whole (laughs) freaking ego life. I love that sound effect. Thanks. (laughs) And we need to like tape that. Oh, I can, I can pull that out anytime. Awesome. Yeah. Um, So I just, I always think like, no offense to the world that we're all living in, you know, we're all still trying to figure it out. But what if you recognize that everything around you isn't really for your best, best foot forward, your best life purpose. And that inner, that inner being, that inner guide is you understanding not only your brain waves, how your chemicals release in your body and why they release and bringing you back to center within yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's all it's trying to do. And it's going to show you how powerful you are mm-hmm. and how disconnected you are to the feminine. Right. You know? Right. right. So I bring that up because 13 says you begin to feel angry for what you were and you weren't given for all the pain you did and you didn't have to cope with. And eventually that anger melts into acceptance as you see each part of your experience as part of your journey and not necessarily an adversary to it. Right. All necessary. It, it's all necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, if you gave 20-year-old Cheyenne all the information that I just spit out somehow <laughs> today, there's no way that I would be able to one handle all that information going through me. I wasn't evolved enough, mm-hmm. and I honestly still had a lot of life lessons and karma to go through the last 11 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a really thankful process that I go through. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm able to look back, when I was 20 looking ahead, I was like, I am not fixing any of this shit. Let me- Just reboot me. I will start over again in a different area. I I swear to God, yeah. I messed it up in 20 years. <laughs> I did really good. Let me give you another like mind-blowing fact. When your 40-year-old Cheyenne looks back at the 30-year-old Cheyenne, she's going to be like, there is no way 30-year-old Cheyenne could have handled this. Probably. <laughs> but I, I'm looking forward to like knowing that I'm... Like, I still get to look back on all the older versions yeah. of myself and just be like, oh, ju- if you just know. If you only knew. If you only yeah. knew. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, baby, Cheyenne. Oh, baby, little baby. <laughs> I love them no matter which one it is. I right. love all of me's. Right. Even my inner child. My inner child's favorite. We play all the time. <laughs> we tie tie together. <laughs> um, This is one of my favorites. Uh, if this hit you, call me. It says, um, you realize that life was never happening to you. It was simply a reflection of you that you were putting out into the world was precisely what you were getting back. 
law of attraction. I wrote up a poem about this one time. It was called Boomerang. It just talked about the energy you're coming back. Even if you're like sending it out to love someone and help them and they don't receive it, it'll all like come back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But seriously, I think that's a, a great way to say that. By the way, when's your poetry book coming out? So it was supposed to come out in March, like yeah. next month. Yeah. Well, Incubus. Right. I mean, is I, I know there's be, some stuff. Yeah. Like, well, no. Time, no, time. It's right? not stuff. It's one band. It's yeah. Incubus. Let me know two months ago on Instagram <laughs> that they put out new tour dates. And they're not in Wichita <laughs> this time, but they're in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Well, Kate always... Let's me know. Hey, boo, got your ticket. Obviously, we're going to Incubus. I'm not publishing a book before I go stand in front of Incubus again. Because <laughs> if what happened to me at the last show, which I assume will happen to me at this show again, I will be so engulfed in... What am I trying to say? Like inspiration and yeah. creativity that I will be pissed at myself that the energy that they're about to give me is not transmuted into the last part of my novel. Right. Or poetry book. <laughs> so I have 25, I have 25 pages to edit. Okay. I was technically done four months ago and then I decided I want more than a hundred pages. And then you started pages. over, right? And I started the whole yeah. freaking book over. I <laughs> took all the illustrations out. Yeah. They're 100% all my words, all my illustrations now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I was gonna, I was like, okay, get the book ready by March. Everything's going to be fine. Incubus is like, hey, you want to come see us in OKC? Yes, I do. The thing I messed up on was not getting a VIP ticket. I didn't get it. I thought I was like, you don't need to go in VIP because you don't need anybody like getting a restraining order against you. I don't know how many times you can go, I love you before they're like, get this bitch out of VIP. But that's probably (laughs) me. It's my boundary that I know. I'm supremely, supremely appreciative of this band anyways. And then just continuously to make music and like enjoying it. So I enjoy being a fan and appreciating them. But I think I'm going to not be VIP still until... I trust myself enough. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to do anything weird. I'm just saying, like, if I'm that far away and I'm that close to Brandon Boyd's energy, I might levitate. Well, and that's speaking from pure frequency. I'm not fangirling. I don't want to marry him. I don't. Yeah, it's not like this weird fangirl thing. This is supreme being energy we're dealing with now (laughs) and you respect it unless you know how to address it and I don't know how to address it I'm just supremely inspired by it. like how do you go back down on the floor and like be human when you're floating well I forgot I was human the last show that they did (laughs) and I was surprised by it but I was also surprised that I knew every song and it took me on a memory lane trip and that was therapy for me because there were memories that Incubus's music was linked to that were actually part of the trauma suppression. Oh. So for probably two months after Incubus, I was continuously writing and I was seeing these memories that were lodged between 2021 and 22. And I, and I swear to you, I had no idea that these were still in my mind. So music is not only my muse, but it's also my healer mm-hmm. because it is it has brought me back to myself. And then Incubus, the band as a whole, I love Brandon Boyd and everything he stands for and everything he creates. But I never just want to be like, it's Brandon Boyd's magic because Incubus is a wonderful, wonderful group of people. It's creating a collective, together. not a person. Exactly. Yeah. And again, just because he's a lead singer, I don't want all of the credit to go to him because they all have a very integral part of that whole project. Right. Um, But bringing it to life and seeing how it inspires people, it 
inspires me to be a better artist and dive into those parts of myself that I know I still need to meet so I can translate it in my sweet little Aquarian brain (laughs) and then I can put it on a piece of paper sell it get it out there talk about it into the world and hope that when they find it it inspires them and sparks the light in them to go help themselves Mm -hmm. and that's what I have found in anything Brandon Boyd creates but definitely in Incubus's music Mm mm-hmm because we could get into his side projects. We could get into his new solo album. He just released <laughs> Diamond My Dryer. Just stuff like that. There's so, I think that's what I love so much about art and about energy in general is it's, it's all collective. It's all universal. And we all just need to realize it's all ours and we're all supposed to share it. And I think he's a really good sharer. So yeah, again, I can't be a can't be releasing my book without seeing this one more time. Um, 15, you feel a mystical, intimate connection with the divine. You see yourself as a God and recognize the God in every other human being alive. Let's pull this apart because I never recognized myself as a God, but I did understand the song that I sang in Bible school, which was this little light of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it shine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's your light. That's your life purpose. That's your being. That's your soul. That's you. Mm -hmm. And if you're out, if your soul is dead, you have a couple heart defibrillators out there that are going to help you. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's you. Mm -hmm. Because again, just like going to ayahuasca, if you don't know how to integrate it properly, it's just going to become like a faint memory. Like, oh, I remember when I did that versus how can I keep this energy in me all the time? Mm hmm. My, uh, did I already say that two others were my favorite? Cause I lied. This might be my favorite. <laughs> you realize that you cannot wait another moment to start living because life is happening right now and always has been. You begin to realize that you have denied yourself your joy by waiting for it to begin. Mm. Yes. That makes so much sense. I have so much happiness in me half the time and I don't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even want to write right now. I just want to go like hug people and tell them everything's going to be fine. And <laughs> you got to live, man. You got to live. And again, that comes from my own experience of feeling dead for so long. Right. I was like, oh, they said it'd feel like this. They said I'd feel old. Oh, well, everybody does this. Everybody does this. And it's like a collective negative mindset. Mm-hmm. I don't like my job. Nobody likes their job. I don't think I love my husband anymore. We all get like that. You just push through it. I don't, I don't want to be a mom right now. We all have those days. Just push through it. It's like, these are triggers in your mind. They're Mm -hmm. telling you stuff. Maybe you do want to leave your spouse. Maybe you do want to leave your job, but why do you feel this way? Ask yourself that. This is a really good one because for me, I used to wake up and curse the fact that I was living. Oh my God, I woke up again. Dude, so many other people died today. You should have taken me. Right. You know, (laughs) very, very harsh comedic relief conversations with my God at the time. Yeah. Um, But again, like being happy to be living and breathing and going into that there's so many people that don't feel that and I know they don't feel that on a daily basis and I've been one of those people so I am on the other side I'm like I just quit smoking and you can too (laughs) you'll be able to breathe a full breath of air get over here you know (laughs) until there's a concert yes until there's a concert (laughs) But I know how to fix myself. Your lungs regenerate. Give it 21 days. 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 Yeah. So I understand what it's like being on the other side of happiness. Mm -hmm. But like I put in a lot of hard work to get here. 
So I'm very proud of my energy. I'm very proud of where I am today. And I know that when I come up on people that are like, either in the dark night of the soul, feeling like they're never going to get out of depression or just feeling like this is the way my life always is going to be. My energy can probably be like annoying and pretty overwhelming to you. Not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a you issue. Sounds like a you problem. (laughs) But me having the strength to recognize that that's what's going on in the situation instead Mm -hmm. of internalizing it. Like I'm like, like, oh, they don't like me. Oh, they don't like me. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. We're all different for a reason. Yeah. And having the strength to just hold space for that person's criticism of you at the time because you know where they are. Mm Mm-hmm is uh, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've had, whether I had the Kundalini awakening at 20 and when I had the other one, I think I was 28. Mm -hmm. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest lessons for me in life too is understanding that pretty much every observation or interaction that you have with someone is really a reflection of something that they're experiencing within themselves and has almost nothing to do with you, even though you are the character in their drama. Yeah, they picked you and you didn't want to be the lead, but baby, we're going to give them a show. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually had moments. Now I realize like why I held back Mm -hmm. because even at the time, um, like I would hear Jesus be like, turn the cheek and I'd be like, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I just picked, you know how you have the angel and devil tattooed on your shoulder. I just picked your your little devil going up and going, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I named them anyways, but they have like two different voices. The stereotypically, the angel is like, no, 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 no. It's like Minnie Mouse. The other one was like, I will destroy you. (laughs) But then I was like, your voice doesn't even sound like that. You're kind of like bitchy. You're like bad Janet from the good place. She's like, Ugh, whatever loser like that's what my devil sounds like it's yeah. just supremely sarcastic and condescending yeah but to get the devil point across i wanted you to understand that sometimes those voices come in my head and they're me right they're it's my shadow side yeah. being like kill them and i'm like we can't kill people we don't look good in orange yeah you know not because we're not supposed to kill people but i don't like hard labor i don't like hard labor <laughs> i don't i just don't think i'd do well i think it'd be super popular yeah 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 and all the wrong girlfriend. ways. I, probably. <laughs> I love everybody. Um, God. <laughs> tree branch, tree branch. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but anyways, if you have stayed with us for about the last two hours, why we went over. Didn't you say this would be like a half hour quick episode? We did, but I should have known as soon as we got on a Kundalini Awakening <laughs> that I would just be like, let's talk about my soul today. Um, <laughs> here's shooting the shit with Cheyenne. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know that I space like the Thought Catalog 16 Kundalini Awakening signs out, but I really just wanted to add a personal perspective of, oh, my God, yeah, that happened to me. It, it feels super normal. And the thing that I want most people to get out is there is a collective awakening happening, whether you're intentionally seeking your healing path through plant medicine, through yoga, through, you know, anything doctors want to prescribe you, do for you, therapy, so many different things. So many people are feeling the pressure of their worthiness and their loneliness coming in and everything that they're doing. Mm. The way that the world is changing, the way that the world is trying to lock us down more honestly the way that the world technology is pushing us into like these what are oculus the oculus systems and living on the internet more (laughs) like just remind yourself like if the more you're disconnected from your mind and your body the more that you're outsourcing yourself 
to these companies and these technologies. Mm -hmm. Like that's honestly really terrifying. Yeah. Because the power lies within you. If these companies know how powerful you are, how amazing all of us would be if we stood up and rose together instead of getting divided in the things that they plan us to be divided in. Could you imagine? Mm. I'm not saying we're all going to play guitar and sing Kumbaya, but why is that such a joke that we should all get along and love each other? Right. Look at all of these seriously like spiritual modalities. Mm -hmm. These things that the only reason they have division in it is because government has their hand in them. Right. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of blows my mind. And especially when we have info episodes, whether, you know, I plan them to be 30 minutes and of course they're two hours because that's what I do. I bring up all of my random stories. Um, At the end of the day, like we want to give all of you this information so you can take it into yourself and apply what you need. If plant medicine doesn't resonate with you, dude, that's cool. Go find the modality that works for you. At least you have a little more information today than you did yesterday, possibly. Maybe you already knew it all. That's very true. But um, hopefully we made you laugh. (laughs) I hope you laughed because I know that I'm going to laugh when I edit it. (laughs) I'm going to be like, my goodness. Um, But today I went ahead and picked a song from Like Saturn. Uh, Just to remind you, my girl Kelly Catastrophe is Vitality Exposed music sponsor for this part of the episode. Please go check her Instagram out. She does wonderful concert photography. She will make you want to go back to the show, go back to that energy, and support our musicians. They've had some rough times. We have to save our stages. So... In that energy, this is one of my favorite performers. His name's Unlike Pluto. He also has Like Saturn, and this is um, some of his lo-fi music. This is called Otherworldly, and I really hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed the information that we just gave you the last two hours, and write in with your questions. Check out our Patreon. We have that trip coming up. Let's let's have a conversation. Don't give up on us. We have another episode coming. Always. Always.